Are you ready to take lead in your life? Well, today's the day. Join us on Leadership to Wealth with your host, Neil D'Souza. Hey, Gary, uh, good to have you on the show. Um, more to come with Neil D'Souza, all inspired by you. Um, I wanted to have you on as the first guest. So uh, first of all, thank you for uh, being on the show. Well, listen, thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, I'm actually very excited that you're decided to get this launched. And listen, I think this is an exciting time to be launching a uh, podcast. And uh, I think it's kind of putting people into uh, an arena where it, they're, they're allowing themselves to grow. And so I commend you on doing what you're doing. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be your first guest. I think, uh, I think we're going to have a fun conversation this evening. Yeah. To it. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for being here. But Gary, you're, um, you're an entrepreneur, you're mm -hmm. an investor, podcaster, yep. public yep. speaker. Uh, before yep. I even mention husband and father, did I miss yep. it? No, that, that, that's it. I mean, um, uh, very shy before I got into this whole space. I mean, this okay. was, uh, hasn't been a, a very easy journey, yeah. but a very rewarding journey. And, and so I think a lot of times people think that, uh, you know, this is what you're born to do. And I think a lot of times that um, your gifts are buried inside but you've got to work hard to dig to actually get it out. And so this has really been, um, I would say, probably one of the best learning experience I've ever gone through my whole entire life, starting back in 2008, when I really decided to um, understand the importance of mindset and, and stop blaming other people and taking ownership for where my life was going. Yeah. You know, wow. so, okay. yeah, so it's, it's yeah. Well, I definitely want to dig into that. Before I dig into that, yeah. um, we want to get a little bit of personal background. But even before that, I've got a little something. I didn't tell you about this. Uh, there's some rapid fire questions to, to get us kicked off. And, uh, and so it's basically choose an answer or a yes or no answer. One of those. All right. Okay, so okay. cool. So we're, starting, we're doing that right now. Beautiful. We're going to do, do that right now. Yeah. All right. Um, I think, yeah, I might have told you that we were going to do them later on, but we're going to do it right now. Okay. Beautiful. First off, okay. uh, and these are obviously all for you. Okay. I make friends easily. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have a vivid imagination. Yes. I worry about things. No. I love large parties. Yes. Um... Fancy socks or fancy shoes? Oh, fancy shoes. I put old socks sometimes in the fancy shoes. Just as long, just as, long as the pants are a little longer so you don't see the, <laughs> the socks. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, nowadays everyone's wearing the, the shorter pants. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to change it up. We can come back to that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, solve complex problems or sweep the deck at a cottage. Solve complex problems. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, a glutton for punishment. All right. Yes. Uh, I mean, I've been doing it for a very long time and I enjoy it. Yeah. And I enjoy it because um, that, is, that is how you, how you grow. Yeah. Right? It, it's, uh, that's where the gifts are. I love it. You know, 
I've been doing, I did that back in my, in my previous life, uh, back when uh, I was a, a shift manager at TD and dealing with uh, incident management. That's where, that's where originally I kind of came from before I moved over to this world. And yeah. so I was dealing with um, major incidents right across Canada, actually right across the world for TD Bank. Yeah. Where it was like all their ATMs would go down, or the point of sale devices, or Walmart, or their merchant services, or whatever it may be. So I was like in the command room, and I would have to get all the technical experts and geniuses to try and figure out what's going on, and then make the decision based on the information that I had, where it could actually make the situation even worse. Yeah. So I, it was uh, that gave me, I think, the. Um, I would say the, the courage to kind of do what I'm doing today and also the, um, to, to loosen up on the fear part of making mistakes. Because mm -hmm. you, you know, were in the middle of the, <laughs> of all that hotbed of... I've always been in the fire. I've yeah. always, I have to say always, but I mean, I've, I've been in it for quite a bit of, uh, of my life. And you realize that it's really drawn something out of you. When for sure. Yeah. That's that's how you that's how you get out of that that circle. Every time you, you, your circle expands, 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 and it makes things more comfortable. Because then, when you go back to your center, you realize that you can actually expand even further. So I'm always trying to live on the on the edge. Yeah. Okay. So um, so then to go back to the questions. Um, so then, favorite sport? Soccer. Soccer. Mm -hmm. um, good looks or lots of money. Ooh, um, man, good looks. Cause if you get a good looks, you can get the money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A uh, place in the world you'd like to visit. Um, I would say Australia. Australia. Okay. Yeah, I've always wanted to go down to the land down under. Down under. <laughs> yeah. Put yeah. a shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last question. Uh, yes. Thanos, Iron Man, or Black Panther? I'm going to say Iron Man, but I understand where Thanos was coming from. Mm. Very interesting dilemma he had to deal with, but Iron Man. Okay, wait, I'm going to have to write that, make a note, because we got to come back to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Iron. So Iron Man is, man. Um, yes. You want to fly? I want to fly. Um, I love his, uh, his character. Yeah. He was, he was just, he was uh, the, the man of the people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he was fun. Okay, so now, uh, so tell us a bit about yourself, you know, for the people that are watching, listening, um, yeah. your, your personal side. We talked, obviously, uh, husband and father, you know, right. hobbies, but give us a little bit about you. My hobbies. Man, um, I mean, like yeah, look, when I, uh, when I was younger, I, uh, I started playing soccer back when I was uh, seven years old. And I would say that really helped to mold the person that I grew up to. I understood the importance of teamwork and the, I understood the importance of winning and also uh, losing. And, but even though when I did lose, um, I wasn't a sore loser. It was like, okay, I need to get better um, so that I can improve my skill sets to come back even better. And so again, it comes down to to the losses, right? The losses are just as important because that's where I think you really grow and 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 become somebody who is a better version 
of the person you were yesterday. And I think that if you really kind of take a look, that's the essence of life. And so being a part of, of, of a team um, that really helped to, to mold the person that I am today. And, and, and my coach, I would say, was my, was my second father. You know, the discipline that he instilled in me. Um, and, um, and, you know, when I didn't do good, there was punishment. And, you know, you had to kind of sit down and really realize. And punishment just mean like taking you off the field and think about what you did out there and, you know, and, um, and then come back better, stronger, harder, yeah. you know. And so uh, that really, sorry? And you're talking about at seven years old. Well, seven up until 21. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So seven wasn't as, you know, that hard. But yeah. as we get into 12 and 13, then I, I, I started playing on, on rep, rep teams. Yeah. And, uh, and it, was, it was great. And the bonding was good. Um, it, it helped to kind of mold me as a leader when I was younger. And then as I got into my 20s, got into the, um, the world of the, well, the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I then began to forget about my dreams. Because I remember when I was like 18, 19, I, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to have my own business. And, uh, and all of that just kind of went away when I had, uh, had my son at the age of 22. And, uh, and it was because now I had to put food on the table. And so I was working at Canadian Tire, $7.25 an hour, and that wasn't going to cut it. <clears throat> and then I was able to get into TD Bank, um, not because of what I knew, but because of who I knew. Um, and so it didn't, my diploma really didn't help me. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember at the time I was going around to a lot of different companies, handing out my resume, and it was like a full-time job, yeah. you know, because we, I really needed to get another job. And I would wake up early in the morning, go downtown, hand resumes out, go up, and, like I would just pick a building, then I would go and have lunch with Darlene, uh, continue. And uh, after six months of doing that, I remember having like a stack of uh, letters back from these companies saying, hey, listen, thank you very much for your resume. However, at this point in time, we are not hiring. However, whatever, you know the, how the rest of that goes. Right, right. And, uh, and eventually, I just asked a friend. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I can get you into TD and boom, I got into it. So then fast forward when I first got into TD, loved it um, because I was in the IT world. Didn't know much about IT, but I grew to love it. Yeah. And uh, fast forward up to around maybe the age of 33, 34, I started realizing that as, as fast as I was growing at TD, because I started off in the tape library, then I became frontline operator, then team lead, then manager, then shift manager. Um, And I was climbing quick, income-wise as well. I was still behind on my debt. And I couldn't understand why. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I went from 25,000 a year to like up to like 80, 90,000 in a few years. And that was when I started looking for, I guess, answers. But you're keeping less. Yeah, but it didn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So we were spending a little bit more as well too. But yeah. and then throughout that time, over the course of I would say what maybe you know twelve, thirteen years, we had to refinance our mortgage yeah. uh, three different times. So essentially, taking all our debt, putting it into our mortgage yeah. to kind of give us some more breathing room. Mm-hmm. And then when I really started digging into it. Um, I would say the person that kind of changed my life was number one, my brother, he brought the secret over. 
okay. which was, um, that was, I think the first time it aired was like an Oprah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was like, really, you could, uh, you can just write things down and things will disappear. <laughs> right. That's how, that's how simple I thought this thing was. And then I came across Jim Rohn okay. and, uh, and for, for anybody that's listening who Jim Rohn was a philosopher, um, and he was Tony Robbins, uh, mentor teacher. Yeah. And I remember listening to him pretty much on a daily basis in my car going from work or sorry, going from home to work. And, uh, and I remember when I would hear certain things that he would say, I would pause it and then I record it, but say it in my own words. And yeah. so the one that was doing was it was driving that information into, into my head stronger because now I would kind of say it or I'd repeat it or I'd play it again. And it would be, it almost like as if I was saying it. Okay. Yeah. And so then it, it hammered that into me. And then I realized that it was about philosophy, yeah. you know, and uh, once I understood that uh, it was about mindset and that you can design a life, I was like, well, wow, that means uh, anything is possible. That's yeah. when everything changed for me. That was around 2008. And that's when I got into real estate investing. Okay. Right, right around the um, market crash. Uh, right when everybody said don't get into it yeah i then got into it and i think yeah. one of the things i'd heard at the time i don't remember who had said it but when i heard it I, I heard it but i don't remember who it was but i think it was uh, um warren buffett you know be greedy when people are fearful be yeah. fearful when people are greedy i mean at the time i didn't even know really who warren buffett was you know i wasn't really kind of paying attention to stuff i had diapers and <laughs> you know and all the other stuff formulated to get yeah. um and so when everybody was saying not to i was like okay well hold on a second everybody that is where I want to be are saying something completely different. And so let me jump into this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now you've got, but you've got now two kids though, right? You had your son there when you were younger and then you've got mm -hmm. a daughter as well. You're right. Yeah. So my daughter's 18 now and, uh, and my son's 23. Yeah. 23. 23. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So not, not kids anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but now I, I do want to, you know, being a family man myself, yeah. Your daughter was recently in Spain, and yes, when the pandemic began, I, I just want to touch on that uh, as much as you would share with us. Uh, sure. You know, uh, being a father, obviously myself, I can only imagine the challenge that must have been, and you know what what you had to do to get her out. Could you share a little bit mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, sure. So when that was going down, I remember I'd reached out to a couple of different people uh, and just kind of asked them, hey, you know, what do you think I should do? You know, because it, it looked like it was starting to roll into something a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more unique than we'd ever seen before. And I never liked making <clears throat> a decision out of fear. And so I didn't want to make a decision out of fear. And... Uh, I remember when I called, I said, yeah, dad, everything's good here. And the next call was like, I don't know, something's a little strange over here. And then she was starting to get a little panicky. But I still didn't want to make a decision based out of fear. Never in my wildest dreams, I think they're going to shut the world down, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget this. So we, uh, a couple of my friends, this is back when the boys could go out and have a drink at the bar. Remember those days? <laughs> <laughs> so we went out. Back then. I know it's crazy. It's crazy how things have changed since then. And so 
um, a friend of mine that I'd worked with uh, at TD Bank was was uh, uh, was there as well. And I go, hey, listen, um, you know, my daughter's over in Spain, kind of deciding what to do and if I should bring her home. What is happening right now at TD Bank? Because I remember when I used to work at TD Bank, when SARS came out, they actually split um, our workforces at, at the operations center. Half stayed in Scarborough. The other half went down to the downtown location and we could not see each other for like seven, eight months. Okay. Yeah. And I said, what's happening at TD Bank right now? And he goes, they're now preparing to send everybody home and start splitting up workforces. Wow. I was like, okay. Because I know TD Bank is, is ahead of the game. Yeah. And uh, once I heard that on the Monday, I said, I told Darlene, I said, okay, we're getting her out. Yeah. And uh, the earliest flight at the time was Saturday, which was about a week. We could have gotten her out earlier, but it was, the way, it was super expensive. And it was yeah. like $300 to get her out on Saturday. So I said, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Wednesday rolls around, and now it's like, it's a mess. Italy is, you know, people are dying by the hundreds a day. Yeah. And uh, so we say, okay, you know what, let's call the travel agent up. So we call him up. So listen, we want to get her out tomorrow. And he goes, okay, no problem. It's going to be like, you know, $4,000. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Just put her on a plane. I want her out of there now. <clears throat> and I can tell you from Wednesday afternoon until Thursday morning, just because they were talking about shutting down the airport in Madrid, it was nerve wracking. Yeah. Because you don't know at what point they were going to shut it down. Yeah. Um, and I remember waking up at three o'clock in the morning, set my alarm, and then I saw her in the airport. I'm like, okay, beautiful. And then from there, from Spain, she had to go to Germany. And then from Germany back home. And then when we finally got her home, it was just like, Thank God. And I think it was a Saturday morning. They shut down the airports yeah. in Spain. But you, you would honestly, you wouldn't think that was going to happen. And so, you know, hindsight, you know, it was always 2020. But, but thank God that uh, that we did. Yeah. Because she would have probably been locked down there for, for who knows how long. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just I, I think just uh, things happen for a reason. You talk to certain people for a reason and uh, just asking sometimes the right questions. Right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. so mean, we got her out. She's she's home now, and which is which is great. That, well, that's awesome to hear. I mean, obviously now it's interesting because you had worked at TD, and so mm -hmm. as a result, you were able to then make a phone call to uh, uh, to a colleague and uh, find out what was going on over there. And yeah, yeah. It, it was when we were watching UFC that night, so we're at a bar, and oh, but yeah, yeah, it was just just having that conversation oh, with him. Okay, it's like. Yeah. He goes, you got maybe a day or two to make your final decision because things are acting real fast. They were then starting to create like setting up like VPN tunnels and they're like, they didn't have enough to put everybody at home. And yeah. so they were scrambling to get all that going. Right, right. So if they're scrambling to get that going, then you know something's up at yeah. that, you know, that decision's coming up high. Yeah. And trickling down. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so I got some insider, I got that. What's that? I said, and it takes them time. So they've obviously been working on this for at least a little bit. And, uh, and so, sure. yeah, that was insider trade. That was what do you call it? Insider trader information is <laughs> 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 exactly what that was. That's all right. You, you won on that investment. So yes, yes. <laughs> Got your daughter home. I mean, it, right. I, I wanted to ask that because it's obviously in, in the current environment, you know, we're all at home with, our families with our kids yeah. and you know, I'm yeah. sure there's lots of people with family in other places and 
you know, every day I wake up and I'm seeing the kids around and sometimes they drive you crazy, but at the same time, it's, it's also a comfort to know that they're here, they're safe. And yeah. uh, especially with the, you know, do you send them back to, and my kids are still at school age. So, you know, right. uh, and, and the government keeps teasing this idea of, Hey, we're going to send them back at some point. And, and of course me as the parent, I'm thinking, do I really want to send them back right now? Uh, what are you guys saying? Like, um, and so I can only imagine the, the challenge that, that must have been the, you know, oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You start then realizing, you know, the, I mean, you always do, but you, it really now starts putting the emphasis on the importance of family yeah, and, uh, and, and being together. And I look, and I, and I think what's happening now is, is, is good for uh, a lot of people to yeah. really kind of take a, a, a moment to slow things down a bit. I know it's obviously challenging as well too, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you have the escape of work where you can get at the house for eight hours, but now you're, you're confined at home with, with your spouse and with the kids. And, and that, you know, obviously depending on the age of them as well too, can create its own challenges. Yeah. yeah. Right. But so, you just have to be able to, so you just got to be able to work through it. You got to find stillness in yourself. Um, and whether that be waking up a little bit earlier or doing maybe a little bit of meditation or working on the mindset, mm-hmm. there's uh, everything happens for a reason. Right. Yeah. Mind you, a lot of people have difficulty with that, with trying to do the, uh, you know, I, I know everyone says that they uh, meditate, but, uh, you know, how many people are actually meditating, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like I heard a joke about uh, the number of people in the, in the states that are Irish. And uh, meanwhile, the Irishman goes, there's only 5 million of us in the entire country. How can all these people be Irish? So, right. you know, a lot of people talk about meditation, but um and i think because you know people hear this word meditation i think they think that they've got to then find some place and and meditate and get to this you don't you you can meditate even if you're just going for a walk and just be conscious of your your thoughts that's really what it is is be aware of like be the observer of you and what's happening in your thoughts and oh that's interesting oh that's interesting as opposed to having the thoughts impact you or affect you just be aware of here's a thought that's coming in and then just observe it even like what i'm doing certain things or even while we're doing this right now there's some if you if you get good at it as a form of meditation for me to be a more an observer of what i'm doing and what i'm saying and what's happening right now right right and so people i think put too much emphasis on, well, I have to cross my legs and try, and you don't, you, you can, you do different ways of, of meditating. And yeah. I think it's just being aware of the thoughts that are coming in and coming out because though that's what causes stress because it's think of the amount of different thoughts that come in and out of your head on a daily basis. It, it's incredible. I, even know, I don't even, I can't remember what the number is. I've heard it before. And so it's just a matter of just trying to slow those thoughts down because it's always about living in the now yeah. as yeah. opposed to worrying about the future that may not even happen in a certain way or um, what I said 10 minutes ago on this podcast and, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. I screwed up. Yeah. And so people beat themselves over those yeah. type of things, right? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think a lot of people, <clears throat> they're, they're also trying to, they want they want everything to be this uh 
Instagram worthy, right? Like they right. want it to be something that you can tweet about. You want it something that you can you can put on TikTok. And so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even when they meditate, they it's supposed to be this experience as opposed to allowing things to just be, you know, and right. or even as you said, let, allow yourself to, to just, to go into that place and just see what's going on in your mind. Just allow yeah. the, the things to happen and, and see the things that you're focused on, right? Because, you know, the number of thoughts that go through your mind and giving yourself the opportunity to be able to even hear yourself think, we're so inundated on a daily basis by, you know, whether it's TV or commercials or apps or, you know, the, or the traffic or whatever, that now all of a sudden when people are stuck at home mm-hmm. and, and there's, there isn't all the things to distract them, you know, I think it's actually kind of driving people a little crazy right now. And so uh, I think that says a lot because now would actually be the best time for people to meditate. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, listen, and especially in the world that we live in today yeah. of, uh, of information, yeah. where I, I'm sure if you pick your phone up, you, you probably got something coming in from WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, emails, texts. It's, it's this an inundation of information. Yeah. Who, do you, who do you listen to or what text do you reply to first or what email? And yeah. so then you got to come up with some form of a system to, to work through it all. Yeah. If not, then you just end up spinning your cycle. And then at the end of the day, people say, man, I'm so busy. But a lot of times people are busy not doing anything, yeah. but just doing all these crazy things. Yeah. You know, like even like I, like I, I take a look at my email. It's crazy. And, I, and so then I, I cannot live in my email. Yeah. Anytime I, I go into my email and I find that I'm living in there, then I know I'm not really doing anything. I know that, and I don't mean it in that negative a way, but I'm now doing things for other people. Because that's essentially yeah. what emails are. Yeah. They are requests from other people to do this or to go here or to subscribe to this. Yeah. And so I try my best to get in, go into my emails maybe twice, three times a day max. Sometimes only once a day I'll be in there. But then when I'm in there, I'm going through it and I just go through it one by one. Once I open it, I respond, open it, respond. I won't go in. Oh, that's a difficult one. Get out of it. Just, I just, I just go right through it. And I'll usually what I'll do too, if I have time in the evening, I'll go through them. I'll reply, but I won't fire it off until the next day. Yeah. Then that way I can take a look at it, go just kind of review it. And then sometimes, you know, you're, you, you, you reply to an email you're like, man, screw this person. And, and you're all fired up. And then you realize, ah, you know what, that's, it's not coming from a place of, you know, um, w- what I really want to do or really what I really want to say. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So you, we are, we obviously talked a little bit about, uh, you know, your time with TD, but yeah. you know, fast forward, uh, you know, what, can you tell us about what you do now? And kind of how you're a little bit about your journey from TD to where you are now and what. Yeah. Yeah. So, so once I figured out that real estate was going to allow me to design and live the life that I wanted to, then I really started to inundate myself in books, um, going to um, seminars, joining webinars, just anything I can about real estate. Uh, yeah. You know, I remember going on the train and just listening to podcast after podcast after podcast uh, and webinars. 
And then once I realized this is it, then I started my own real estate investment club in Durham. Oh, okay. Because um, it wasn't really a whole lot out here. Um, and then from there, we when was went that? 2010. Okay. Yeah. 2010. And then from there, we didn't have memberships or anything like that at that point in time. It was just teaching people what we knew, um, started my own newsletters. And then I did that once a week. And it was just more like, hey, I was just being as authentic as possible to say, I don't know a whole lot about real estate. I'm learning this, but I'm going to teach you what I know so far. And you're going to see my growth. And so up until now, um, I would say very consistently, I've done one newsletter every single week, except for the summer and except for uh, the winter time. So I take two months off in the summer, two months off in December. And we designed it that way because we had the kids involved in our business from a very young age saying, what do you guys want to see from Smart Home Choice? And so they helped design it saying how much months they wanted off, how much money we wanted to make, what type of vacations we wanted to take, how many people did we want to educate, did we want membership, everything. So, and I still have that Bristol board right in that, uh, in that closet there today okay. um, to even like the whiteboard behind me where you know they saw that this is how we were going to design our life through the power of the whiteboard and, and vision and so today now still own the real estate investment club which is called smart home choice um we uh we are uh, co-owners of a brokerage uh, in oshawa called our neighborhood realty um and we got about 65 agents there um, then we also are the owner of a lending company, which, uh, which you've helped uh, us grow that, which is, uh, which is called Deep Pocket. So we do first and second mortgages through that. Um, and I know a bit about it, but what I like to do is bring experts around me. And so I'm not the smartest guy in, in the room, but I, I like to surround myself with some of the, the, the smartest people um, out there. Because one of the things that I learned in the beginning was that you don't have to know everything. You just have to know who to go to. Or where to find it right and uh, and that's really how I kind of built uh, built the business that I have today and obviously and I'm also uh, a, a host of my own podcast which is called real talk yeah. with Gary which is on iTunes and Spotify yeah uh, and a few other platforms and I've now gotten to the point in my life where um, I'm still wanting to grow yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable and so then now for me, it is service to many okay. and it's helping as many people as I possibly can through education, through um, even like what's happening in, in the world today. You know, yeah. prior to this, I, I was doing my best to try to educate um, everybody the importance of owning land. See, people think it's like just the, the house itself and the house itself is a depreciating asset. If you're not maintaining it or keeping it up, it depreciates. It's the land that where, where the real value is. And so then when you have crashes that we're going through today, it's the land that you want to hold on to, um, which has real value because, I mean, we can really get into to money and how money works and fiat currency and all that. But once I understood that the dollar is just paper, Mm -hmm. right then I was like well I can't invest in the stock market anymore now I'm not saying you can't make money in the stock market but it's the asset is you can feel it you can touch it as tangible it's kind of like gold and, and silver yeah. but uh, I mean we can go down a, a pretty interesting rabbit hole if we want to when it comes to all that stuff and so it's just about positioning yourself and understanding how money works because see when you really dig into history and I think I've talked about this before is that 
the more you know and understand about history is like having a crystal ball to the future. So I knew a day like this would eventually come. I didn't know it was going to be the coronavirus. And, but if I knew that it was coming, that I can protect myself. And the way to know when it's going to come is just by understanding history because this has happened before. Yeah. I think a lot of times humans just have short-term memories and think, well, this is always going to be fantastic. And it's not, right? There has to come times of ups and downs and hardships and, and growth. Yeah. Everyone always thinks that we're, we're smarter this time than those people that had that happen last time. And so, you know, and then of course, uh, when you look back at history, you actually see the similarities. Um, so, so why, why real estate? I mean, what, what got you to go down the road of real estate and real estate investing when you started off there? So when I first started, I, I understood that if my house bailed me out three times and, and it, and it, you know, it, and it kept on going up from what I can see anyways. I mean, obviously I knew there was dips and downturns in it, but I understood that there was cash flow in it as well too. Yeah. And so once I understood, it, I was like, Oh, well there's three pieces to this. There's appreciation, there's mortgage pay down, and then there's cash flow. And so if I can get the cash flow by right, that should always continue to keep coming in because I haven't seen rent come down. Number two was mortgage pay down, right? So I'm always going to have somebody paying that mortgage down. And number three was the appreciation. But if I didn't get the appreciation, that's fine because I always had two out of three. Yeah. And so I never bought for appreciation. Appreciation was like icing on the cake. Appreciate It's kind of like if you, if you do the analogy of a cake, you know, how, what's going to allow you to live? And it's the actual cake itself. Yeah. That's the cash flow. Yeah. The icing is the appreciation. That's the sweet stuff. I'll take that. But that's not why I'm buying it. But I know eventually it'll come the longer I hold it. Yeah. That was one of the reasons why I got into it. And it, and, and it just, it, it was outpacing inflation because inflation is what steals people's wealth. And people just don't understand that because I think, I, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but you know, they specifically took financial education out of the schools. I think it was back in 1904. Like I think, I can't remember who it was, uh, Rockefeller and the Rothschilds. I have to go back and take a look, but, but they specifically took it out of schools. There's a reason why, like think about it. Why, why doesn't a kid coming out of high school and going to college university understand how to read a credit report when it's probably one of the most important things that's gonna allow them to buy a house or a car or anything large that they need? How is it that they don't understand how credit card work or the difference between simple interest and compound interest. Mm-hmm. Um, how come they don't go through the numbers of buying a house and the down payment and what it looks like? Why are they not teaching this simple fundamentals of finances? Mm-hmm. There's a reason for it. But yet the first day you go to college university, what do they present you with? Credit cards for, and I remember this, I got the Bay, I got the Sears, I got um, uh, SO gas car. I got all kinds of credit cards. And I had no clue how to use them. Yeah, I just used them. I was like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. You know, yeah. and all of a sudden my gas card racked up like, you know, $1,000 in gas. Yeah. Well, I, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with my daughter just the other day and, and I was saying, uh, I was referring to it much like, uh, like a battery. You, you know, like it's the, the money that we make is like, it's our life energy, right? And right. so yeah. they're taking bits and pieces from it you know, when, when they're coming with the credit cards, cause you're then going to have to work to pay off all of those credit cards 
that you so quickly spent before you even knew how to how to use them yeah yeah exactly and look and again right it's the value is in goods and services right right it's uh like the paper itself is just a receipt yeah that, that, that's not where the 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 energy is the energy is in the goods and services yeah and so once i understood that uh what, where where the money is because look again i, I think you know i, I, I don't want to make it sound we like have to, we have to focus in on this one because everyone wants to know where is the money so where where's the money where's the money gary where, where's the money yeah, you said you're going to tell us. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, if, I mean, look, if you really want to know where the money is, yeah. the money's right here. Mm. That's where the money is. Um, the money itself, if you really get down to it, money itself, so people, when, when people start to chase money, yeah. that's now the greed for money. Um, and it took me a few years to figure this out, but now I, I no longer chase it. I just learn how to attract it. So then if I know how to attract it, that I'm no longer a slave to it. And so whenever I need it, I'll, I'll just attract it to me because well, that sounds kind of hogwash or very, you know, just, how do you mean just attract it? Yeah, well, because I've now become, well, because now I've become very attractive, not physically, but people, people will look at me and know that, Hey, look, he, he can invest in real estate and I can then help them invest in real estate or I can, I have this idea come along with me. So I'm always wanting people to come along in this journey with me. And yeah. it's not whether I know the answers or not, I'm willing to go forward and they can follow with me and that I'll be there with them the whole entire time. So I've gotten really good now at learning how to attract money. Yeah. And I think the best analogy to, to really kind of highlight the importance of it is like oxygen. Okay. okay. And so people say, well, you know, oxygen is important. Well, yeah, it is 100%, but hold it, hold it and see how long it serves you. And so that's the same thing as money. Yeah. Hold it and see how long it serves you because see money's useless unless you use it. Yeah. So then oxygen, you, you, you attract it when you need it and you release it when you don't, it's the same thing with money. I just learned how to attract it, but I don't chase it. Right. Right. You know, and so because of that, now I'm no longer a slave to it. And then now I can live the life that I want to live and design it how I want it to be designed. Yeah. Right. And it's, I'll tell you the key to it is again, the mindset and the whiteboard. That's it. Two very, very simple things. Yeah. Super simple. Can, can but, you tell us about the whiteboard? Yeah. So the whiteboard is... Here's, I love analogies. So the whiteboard is this. The whiteboard is like going into a restaurant and having a menu and looking at that menu and placing your order. And the waiter or the waitress leaves. Okay. So you've now ordered a steak with the mashed potatoes and the asparagus and, uh, you know, a nine ounce glass of wine. Yeah. What is the likelihood of that meal coming in your, in your glass of wine? As long as they have everything in stock. Pretty high. Yeah. Right. Super high. Yeah. Having the whiteboard is like placing your order to the universe and the universe is, and is, is complete abundance. Yeah. So that is my menu to designing the life that I want. And so then how can the universe give me what I want if I don't ask for it? Right. I mean, now you can really kind of get biblical asking you shall receive. Yeah. 
that's, that's it. It's very simple teachings. Those teachings have been there for many years for a particular reason. You just have to look into it and read it. And, and then either you believe it or you don't believe it. And I've just decided to believe it. And so now when I look back at it and I look back at my whiteboard, cause I take a picture of it every single year and, 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 uh, and put it away and I'll go back and I'm like, I cannot believe everything we've accomplished. And I also can't believe what our goals look like the first year back in, I think we started in 2010 to where it is now. Yeah. Back then it was about paying off a $2,000 credit card or, you know, $4,000 credit card. But those were, those were massive goals for us to, you know, owning a brokerage or starting another business or, uh, you know, taking four or five trips a year or buying a car, like just, you know, thinking about building a school in another country. Like you just start to realize like, wow, you can, you can design it if you choose to. Only if you choose to. But, but then where does all of this fit into with the, with the current economic situation? I mean, have people missed the boat? Like right now, we're looking at people are stuck indoors. All we hear on the news is that, oh. uh, you know, job layoffs and all the rest. Right. Um, I know that was great for two months ago and 10 years ago, but what are, what are people going to do now? Like... Yeah. So you get, here's what's going to happen now. Really put anything on a whiteboard right now? Absolutely, you can. So this is what's going to happen now: is that you're, you're going to see a larger gap between the haves and the have-nots. Okay. Okay. And you're going to see people either come out of this victorious or victims. Mm. And uh, and what we're what we're now going into, my beliefs, and now we're kind of starting to take a look into the future. Yeah. is we're now leaving the industrial age and we're now moving into the information age. And so if you cannot grasp that and get comfortable with it, you're going to be left behind. Mm. This is a transformation because there are things that they've rolled in now. I mean, we listen, we're, we're almost, we call, you call it martial law. That's essentially where we are right now. Mm. And, there, and when we start to get back to some form of normalcy, there's a lot of that stuff that is not going to get unrolled. And so you now have to adapt to this new world. Mm -hmm. It's a new world. This is the, we are now transforming. We are now changing. And that's where you're going to see a lot of people, they're going to get left behind and they're going to require, they're going to have to require that government assistance. And then they're going to blame the system. They're going to blame the government. They're going to blame everything else except themselves. And yes, I get it. I understand that the government and this virus has done this to all of us. Mm -hmm. Then you either be a victim or you be a victor. That's it. There's two simple choices. You can let this thing beat you up mm -hmm. or you can see the silver lining and grow from this. And so I refuse to allow this thing to beat me down. I just will not allow it. Now, is there going to be pain? For sure. Am I going to get... Uh, beat up and I might get scratches and bruises for sure, but I'm not going to blame uh, the government or anybody else for whatever happens. I'm just going to keep moving forward and understand there's a game playing, being played. And it, look, it, the game's always being played. You just have to understand and, and know that there's a game being played and figure out how to, how to win. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And when you take your losses, take them, but then but you got to come back. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, there's going to be some challenging times going forward, but I'm, but I'm, ex I'm excited for it. 
we'll, believe let's, it or let's not. Let's see a little bit more about this because I heard this. I heard this quote. Um, I don't know, sometime back, and and the individual said that they they this about um, the information age taking over, and they said this information age is going to uh, remove it. It's effectively, like what you said, going to wipe out the industrial age. But it's going to wipe out every non-creative job that's out there, and non-creative job, non-creative job. So, meaning the industrial age, right, mm -hmm. uh, was really people being put into factories, right? Yeah. That's how it yeah. all started. Everyone got taken mm -hmm. out of the fields and out of these, and then we were all put to task together, and right. and as people, it really moved as an engine forward, right? Right. Uh, yeah. And, I can see uh, that. And, and that really revolutionized man. Um, but, but now people have gotten into this role of, you know, uh, owner, boss, you know, middle manager, middle manager, middle manager, yeah. you know, and all these people, uh, you know, down there. And I thought it an interesting statement that the person said, hey, look, all of those, all those non-creative jobs where people are – you're going to find a machine to flip the burgers. You're going to find, they're going to create something to do all of these things for us, whether we get in talking about AI or any of that kind of stuff. I don't know, but, but you just yeah. mentioned that you see the information age, um, you know, uh, taking over the industry. For sure. it, it, it's it's coming where, where you're coming from and what your thoughts are. It's coming. Look, if you want to know what's happening, yeah. watch movies. Okay. Watch movies. Listen, a lot of that stuff is played out in the movies. Those are the ideas. Those are the imaginations. And you yeah. can see some of that stuff. Not, not all of it, obviously. Yeah. But if you look at some of it, those things are is what's happening. If you don't think AI is here, yeah. then, then you're fooling yourself. AI is coming. Um, you know, and, uh, and what you're going to see now, especially what just recently happened with everybody working from home, mm -hmm. massive innovation, you know, um, to create all those VPN tunnels for everybody to log back into work and the servers and however they get back in. Don't you think that some of these companies are not going to go back to those large leases that they have, where they're maybe paying 40, 50, hundred thousand dollars a month, probably even more where they have four or five floors in a downtown building. Mm -hmm. Why would you pay that? If you now can prove that your workforce can work from home, you're going to really take a look at that and say, you know what? I don't need those buildings down there. Yeah. Then potentially some of these buildings may just end up becoming maybe potentially affordable housing. I, you know, again, now we're going into the future, yeah. but, it, but I mean, it, it yeah. frees up, it frees up that square footage down there because yeah. there is, the, you know, there's a housing crisis here. We know that vacancy rates are at 1%. I don't know if I told you this or less than 1%. I reached out to CMHC and I had some good contacts there and all of them, you know what they said? And I should have known this too. It was, I don't know if it's again tied to it or not, but they all weren't going to come out and do any kind of presentations for the next year or so because they had to focus on the vacancy problem, the housing issue that they had. Really? Yes. In, in the country? Well, more specifically, I guess kind of in, yeah, maybe, but I, I was more, it sounded to me like more like an Ontario, but yeah, maybe potentially. I don't know if the country, I would say more like, I would say more within the yeah. GTA. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a legitimate housing crisis. Yeah. Especially with our immigration, 
whether it be from other countries or interprovincial, yeah. there's a housing crisis here. So now you can take a look at it and say, hey, look, I, you know, I, I was even talking to, um, to, to Butler Mortgages and they're, they're thinking about maybe not even potentially doing going back. Who knows, right? But I guarantee you're going to see companies that are not going to require buildings anymore. They're just going to say, forget it. We're just going to work from home. I, I mean, look, look at my company, for example. I don't have a building. I don't need a building. And I still, I've been doing this since 2010. So I'm comfortable with this world already. Yeah. I'm very comfortable. You know, this is now, it's just kind of catching up. And now I just have to now expand it a bit, change things a little bit, change up my webinar format, create virtual membership. Yeah. So I'm already halfway through quarters of the way in this space already. I've been doing this. So I'm yeah. comfortable with it. And, but I get it. If you're not in it yet, this is brand new. Yeah. And so you got to get, you have to understand it. You have to learn, grow into it, but anybody can do it. It's just, are you willing to realize that things are going to change? And if you do, then you can embrace it and then move forward with it. Because 10 years from now, or five years from now, there's going to be another change. I go back to all my newsletters because they're, they're all um, saved. And every year it's like major change. I don't know how we're going to get out of this one major change. I don't know how we're getting every year, Neil, there was something new that was coming. Now I would say this is obviously the biggest one, Yeah. but it's just, as long as you can learn to adapt, just, just, just adapt and, and embrace change. That's the best way. Just be, well, I think Bruce Lee said it best. Just be water. Just be water. Said, yes. Yeah. Water gets into the cup. You just become water. You just become that cup. Wherever yeah. it goes, you just become it. Yeah. So what position did you play when you played soccer? Uh, I played uh, either inside right or right wing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you were the scorer. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was fast. Super fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That's really interesting. Uh, I, I guess what, you know, as I'm listening to you here, I'm thinking about, you know, once upon a time, kings made castles mm. and it showed their power. Yeah. And then uh, and then factories started getting built and mm -hmm. look at our factory and then, uh, you know, skyscrapers, these huge office buildings started getting built with with the logo of whatever company it was emblazoned on the top. And and you're just getting me to think that as we are moving more and more into these this digital world, this online platform. Mm -hmm. um that is really in its infancy i mean i know you know some of us think oh the internet's been around we've already missed the opportunities with facebook and buying in low but really the internet is such a young creation and and it and from what i'm hearing from you and i don't know you you feel free to to say what you think about this but it sounds like the next castles to be built are going to be built uh, online. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. This is the new world that we're now ushering in. It's, we've, we've, we've been proven that it can be done. Yeah. If, it, if it couldn't be done, then things would be completely falling apart, apart, apart out there. And it's not. Now, 
are businesses being impacted? Yes. I'm not saying that there isn't. And, and I, and I feel bad for those businesses, like the restaurants and other businesses that, that, that have been shut down. Mm -hmm. um, some of them will come back. Many of them won't come back. And so then what do those restaurants have to do? They, they're going to have to adapt. You have mm -hmm. to somehow figure out how to adapt, mm -hmm. adapt online, Uber Eats, just things that you can do. So you're going to see innovation come out of this. You're going to see now potentially maybe more families now ordering these gourmet meals, potentially. I'm not saying all the gourmet restaurants are going to go away. I'm not saying that. But some of them will adapt. Mm -hmm. Where all of a sudden now, hey, you got a chef that delivers it. Or maybe, who knows, comes to your home and makes this phenomenal gourmet. Things will change. People will adapt. And you're going to see incredible new businesses come out of this. Yeah. And you're going to, and, and that's where innovation happens. Yeah. This is where I, again, I believe that where you're going to see that, that rising up of people who decide to be strong yeah. and you're going to see this new brave world that will, I think, you know, come from this. Yeah. I mean, or, or, you know, you listen, you can take the dark road and say, Oh my God, this is going to be a disaster and the world's coming to an end and here comes world war three. You, you can go down that road too. Yeah. Is it possible? For sure it's possible. Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. So then why not then be optimistic and look for the, the silver lining in, in what's happening? I mean, look at the skies. No planes up there. Look at the oceans. No gas and getting dumped into it from all those cruise line ships. We're giving Mother Earth a break. <laughs> yeah. Right? You don't think she needs a break? Yeah. <laughs> right? And who knows? Two months from now, they may come back or, you know, well, after, you know, it's been longer than now. But, yeah. you know, once everything is done, when we maybe kind of kind of get back to some form of normalcy, mm -hmm. call it September, October, I don't know when. Yeah. But they may say, look at how we've been able to heal um, the earth yeah. in just this short period of time. Wow. Who knows? Maybe going into the future may say, listen, we take a month off every year. <laughs> who knows? No, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Right. But maybe we go back to a day. I don't know. But, you know, things, things will change. It, it, this is such a massive change yeah. that not everything is going to get unrolled. Yeah. So, okay. So now with, with everything, with all the innovations that are going to happen, online mm -hmm. uh, that are yeah. going to happen with the internet those opportunities that uh that are out there what about um you know back to just being a real estate investor you, mm -hmm. you know uh just just being back in that world because you yeah. you start off by talking about the value in the land yeah. um, and and where does where do we stand now trying to balance these two forces a force yeah. that's moving forward in a virtual world online and a and a real physical world okay guys that's the end of the first part of the interview there's a whole lot more still to come in part two so i want you to join me over there now before you do please if you could take a moment to just give us some feedback on the interview on your thoughts how you like it and we really appreciate it so much and we really want to make sure that we continue to improve the product that we provide to you here at Leadership to Wealth. So if you can do that, don't forget to like and follow. And we'll see you over in part two.